Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. All right, welcome to episode 126 of the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I apologize it didn't happen earlier this week. Uh, my mornings have been a little bit crazy and yesterday was my birthday, so I just took the day off and I didn't do anything work or podcast related. I just kind of chilled, relaxed. I had lunch with my wife. I had dinner with my wife and some friends. It was a great day. But today um, I'm studying a little bit later in the day. And I almost just, I was almost going to just leave this until tomorrow, but I was like, nope, I'm going to get it out because there's more that I want to study and I want to share with you this week. So I want to make sure I got an episode out tonight, this afternoon, and then get an episode out again. Tomorrow is the goal. So with that, I started, you know, digging in the revelation. And I gotta tell you, I was trying to apply the things that we talked about in episode 125. And I'm sure to you that's like, oh yeah, well, of course you're going to apply that. You just talked about it. But unfortunately, I don't always apply the things that I know I should apply. <laughs> Maybe I'm alone in that, but sometimes I don't do the things I know I should do and that I've told myself I should do. But this time I did. So the first thing I did is I went to the Bible dictionary and I read the, oh shoot, what do they call it? Um, not themes. Um, it was themes, was it? I think it was themes. There we go. Oh, guidelines to understanding is what I, what I, um, what I looked at there. And the thing that I picked out from that is it says, you know, at the end of the section for revelation one through three, it says, these three chapters show clearly that the church in that day was rapid, rapidly going into apostasy. And so I put that at the top of my notes as I started studying because I wanted to keep that in mind. It's like, okay, well, if this is the main thing that it's teaching according to the Bible dictionary, then I want to keep that top of mind as I'm studying, as I'm reading. Um, and so I did. And I got to be honest with you. As I studied, I was surprised at how much I understood and I think it's because I came into it with a different mindset. I didn't come into it with a mindset of, oh my gosh, it's so hard to understand and I don't know what I'm doing. And you know, I, I, I came into it with a mindset of, okay, I can understand this. I, I can figure it out. The Spirit can teach me. I also knew the things that we talked about, you know, in episode 125 that that um, you know, we can we can understand and, and the things that that we learned from that enzyme article, uh, where it says that, you know, just first off, understanding that these verses apply to the churches at that time. It's not applying to us. It's applying to those churches. I mean, it's, I think sometimes we, you know, this is exactly what it said in that article, but sometimes we extrapolate way too far. And once I realized that chapter one and chapter two, 
um, and that's as far as I got, were really all about, you know, it was just, it, there's nothing more to it. It really is revelation given specifically for those churches at that time. Once I realized that, it's like, oh, okay, well, this isn't this isn't as, as crazy and scary and overwhelming as I would initially thought it was, because it's just a prophet giving counsel to the churches that he was given from the Lord. That's it. You know, it's just like if President Nelson, you know, today he travels a little bit easier. So it's just like if President Nelson was to to travel to some part of the world and give counsel and say, hey, this is what what um, it's been pre- impressed upon me that I need to share with you. It's the same thing. That's all it is. And so I think that helped me to not be freaked out about it. The other thing was just the idea that we're not going to be held accountable for a meaning if the Lord doesn't give an interpretation, which is really good to know. And it, it's comforting. It helps me to know that that it's okay if I don't understand something if the Lord doesn't give an interpretation. But it also made me hyper aware of when he did give an interpretation. So, um, you know, Paul's giving this, this, uh, you know, says uh, in verse 10 of chapter one, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And I turned, this is verse 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the son of man, clothed with the garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. And it goes on to describe the Savior. And then it says, and he had in his hand, in verse 16, he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. So the description of Christ is fairly similar to what we hear in like section 76 and, and other places where Christ has been described. But the thing that stuck out to me is like, okay, well, here's that symbolism we're talking about. Okay, seven golden candlesticks, one in the midst of the candlesticks. Uh, in his right hand, seven stars. What in the heck is he talking about? You know, two-edged sword. We pretty much got that one. That's the word of God. Okay, got that. Um, but then when you jump to verse 20, you know, well, verse 19, it says, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So this is Paul, or Paul. This is John saying, Here was here's what I was told to do. I was told to write the things I'm gonna see. So I'm writing them. But in verse 20, it says, and this is this is what he was told to write. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. But if you look at the footnote, it says servants. So it's the servants of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Oh, well, now it's not so confusing what this dang candlestick and these stars are. It's actually really simple. The candlestick is just the churches. It's just the tr- that's who he's talking about. The seven he's holding in his hand, and he's in the midst of the seven churches. Okay, and then the seven stars in his hand are the servants of the seven churches. Now, first off, the Joseph Smith translation makes a big difference here because it's way less confusing when you think about the servants of the seven churches rather than the angels, angel of the seven churches. Because, okay, servants. All right, it's probably the leader. It's the bishop. You know, it's the it's the ecclesiastical leader for those churches. He's holding them in his hand. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's some good, good um, symbolism. You know, I thought about holding the seven stars in his right hand. You know, Christ is supporting and sustaining these leaders in these these churches. Um, you know, right hand is obviously um, associated throughout the scriptures with being on the good side of God of the Savior. You know, that's the, you know, the people that he's approving of are on the right hand of him. So if he's holding them in his right hand, I believe that symbolism is probably important. Uh, and then in, uh, you know, that jumps into, uh, verse one of chapter two. Um, 
It says, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And I'm like, okay, well, if he's walking in the midst, it means he's still with the churches. He's still there. His influence is still there. The spirit is still there, which is which is a, an important thing to note. And then we get into the direct, and then that's that's talking about uh, that's that's the beginning of the conversation and the direction or the the counsel given to the individual churches. So the verses one through seven is to Ephesus. Verses eight through let's see where does it end. Eight through eleven is to the church in Smyrna. And that's as far as I got, because I was writing tons of notes and stuff. But the thing that I think is important is, and this is the thing that stuck out to me, as difficult as we get worried that Revelation is, or understanding any scripture, really, I sometimes I think for whatever reason, we don't, we're not willing to use or we don't think about using the resources that have been given to us. You know, first off, all the scriptures testify of each other. So if you're reading through the scriptures and, and you think of a scripture in another book of scripture, like the Book of Mormon or Doctrine of Covenants or the Old Testament or earlier in the New Testament, or even an Ensign article or a general conference address, make notes in your scriptures. Make sure you're making those notes. Make those references. Because that's, to me, this is the way I feel. And this is, you know, the gospel according to me. I can't say the gospel according to Mark because there's one of those. But the gospel according to me is if I'm reading and I get that prompting that, oh, this reminds me of this in the Book of Mormon. That's the spirit teaching me. That's the spirit connecting things for me. And so I always make sure to make those notes. And sometimes I the 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 connections seem so clear to me that when I look in the footnotes and it's not one of the footnotes, I'm like, how in the heck did they miss that one? Like, why is that not one of the, the connections? But I think that's because it's the spirit teaching me. And so when the spirit teaches me, it's plain to me. And obviously they can't reference every single footnote. Um, you know, they just can't. But we have those footnotes. You know, make sure you're using those footnotes. I mean, there are so many amazing things in this set. In this, um, you know, was it the 1978 version of the scriptures that we have with all the footnotes? I mean, it is unbelievable. The scripture references, the topical guide references, the Bible dictionary references, the Joseph Smith translation translation um, instances that are there. Both uh, the the ones that it links to the the appendix and also the ones that are in line in the in the footnotes. Um, you know, the, the, um, the Greek, the Greek alternate words, you know, there's so many things in these footnotes that are just unbelievable. And if we don't use them, we're missing out, you know, we're missing out on, on a lot of the understanding of the scriptures and not only we're missing out, but we're, we're doing work we don't need to do. You know, these are things that, you know, I remember president, I think it was president Packer talking about in general conference, the, the, the work that went into creating this version of the scriptures with the footnotes and the cross-references and the topical guide and the Bible dictionary and all of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours that were put into it, you know, that's that's efforts that Heavenly Father prompted his apostles and prophets to direct to be done so that we could understand the scriptures better. And if we don't use those, then we're missing out. And quite honestly, that's one of the reasons that I cannot get on board completely with using my phone for the scriptures. Now they're great in a pinch. They're great when I'm traveling. They're great when I'm I'm out and about and I need to look up a scripture. They really are. But I miss being able to use the footnotes. Yes, you can click on the footnotes, but there's something different and I miss them too much. But when it's on the page, 
and I see the little A or the little B or the little C, and I have the footnotes right there, right in front of my view, it's different. And I look at them more. I reference them more. And that's one of the things that I'm really trying to teach my kids is to use those footnotes. You know, anytime you're reading through and you see a word that you're not sure about or or something that you're wondering about, and you see that there's a footnote for it, look it up. Go look at those scriptures. Go look at, you know, even, even sometimes just the topical guide will tell you more of what it's talking about. You know, so like, let me give you an example here. Um, 11, verse 11 of chapter one, it says, saying, I am Alpha and Omega. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book. Well, write is footnote B for verse 11. If you go down to verse 11, it says top or verse 11, footnote B says topical guys, scriptures, writing of. So if I wasn't sure what he meant by write, write in a book, it's like, oh, he's talking about the prophet or the apostles writing scripture. This is scripture. And, and, and so even just seeing what topical guide thing it references to or connects to, sometimes just seeing what it is helps me understand what I'm reading. I don't even have to go to the topical guide and look at other things. Just knowing that that's what they're referencing helps me to understand that. So, I mean, this isn't what I wanted this episode to be about, but but gosh darn it, we got to use the resources we have. We have the Bible dictionary. We have the topical guide. We have the footnotes. We have cross-references. We have the cross-references that the Spirit will teach you as you're reading. And those are massive. Okay, let's get back to the – maybe I'll do a – I'll probably do a Facebook Live on that because – I'm going to jump into that. And I actually have something else I want to do a Facebook Live on too. Cool. I've got two Facebook Lives. That's fantastic. By the way, if you haven't yet, make sure that you are following us on Facebook. Everydayconversion.com forward slash Facebook will take you to our page. Make sure you like the page and then you will have the opportunity if you watch one of our Facebook Lives to click a button that will allow you to get notifications every single time we go live. So please do that as well. Okay. Revelations chapter two. Verses two and three are interesting. Um, so two and three are um, counsel to the church of Ephesus, and he's speaking to the the servant of the church. Um, and, you know, he's basically just saying, look, I, I know the work that you're putting in. I know the way you're you're working hard. You're having patience. You're enduring and rejecting false prophet, prophets. That's what two and three talk about. But then he says, nevertheless, in verse four, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. And I'm like, first love, what the heck? What is he talking about there? So what did I do? I looked at the footnote. There's a footnote for love, 4A. If you look at 4A, it says Doctrine and Covenants, section 4, verse 2, which is the very famous missionary scripture. You know, O ye that embark in the service of your Lord, see that you serve him with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. Right? I, I started in verse 2. I didn't go to verse 1. Sorry. Anyways. Verse four says, or uh, or chapter or session section four, verse two, is what I was just reading, <laughs> or just quoting. Oh, ye that embark in the service of a God, see that ye serve Him with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, that ye may stand blameless before God at the last day. So I'm like, okay, well, it says first love, and then it references that scripture. Well, what's that scripture about? Okay, well, that scripture talks about serving God, service, serving God, first love. Um, you know, that's, that's gotta be what he's talking about. And then verse five, it goes on. And this gave me some more insight on that. It says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. So it's like, Hey, notice the things that you're doing wrong and fix them. Quit doing it. 
You know, you've left your first love. What's the first love? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Service to God, something like that. And then he says, and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of thy out of his place, except thou repent. So if you don't do what you're supposed to, the church is going to be gone. You know, basically you're going to fall into apostasy and that's going to be the end of it if you don't repent. But then I'm like, okay, first works. What are the first works? First works. What are other things in the scriptures? This is the way my mind works. So hopefully this is in, interesting to you or helpful. What are other things that are referred to as first? Okay, well, okay. Okay, so we're service of God. Okay, so that's first love. That was the reference, service to God. And then first, first, first. Oh, the first and great commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, might, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So as I'm reading this, to me, they counsel them as because Remember, these are all my own thoughts and not official doctrine or official <laughs> official uh, interpretations of the scriptures. But what I get from that is the thing that they were doing is they weren't serving and loving God and they weren't serving and loving their neighbors. And they were missing that part of the gospel. And not everybody and probably not all the time, but that was the thing that the Lord saw fit that he needed to remind them about. Service, serving, being a servant, serving God, loving and serving God with all their heart, might, mind, and strength. Because again, this is the same thing that it says in section four, verse two. O ye then embark in the service of your God of God, see that you serve him with all your heart, mind, mind, and strength. So it could be a single-mindedness thing. Make sure you're focused completely on me and the gospel. So those were interesting things. Um, also, verse six, it talks about it says, uh, one thing that thou hast done, and he's like, So hey, here's a good thing you've done. Uh, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So I don't know exactly what the Nicolaitans were doing, but I am going to go uh, later tonight. I'm going to go pull out my doctrinal New Testament commentary and see if Elder McConkie can give me any insights on what the Nicolaitans were doing. But suffice it to say, it wasn't good because the Lord hated it. All right, um, Revelation verse or chapter two, verse nine. Uh, I love this one because it's basically the Lord saying, "Look to the people in Smyrna." I see the things that you're doing. I see the trials that you're going through. I see the poverty that thou um, is enduring. And I know the, the blasphemy that you're having to deal with. And then in verse 10, this is, I love this, this verse. He says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall, ca shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, but ye shall have tribulation 10 days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. You know, I totally missed every time I read that before, just right now, the ye shall have tribulation 10 days. So it's like, okay, well, you're going to be uh, in prison for 10 days. And uh, be faithful unto death, which kind of leads me to believe he's saying, hey, some of you are going to die. And you need to be faithful all the way to that point. And I was like, wow. Okay. And then, so this is the way my mind works. And this is where, like I said, I feel like the spirit gives us cross references. And if I think of a, if I think of something in another scripture, another scripture story, I feel like there's a reason that I that I was prompted to to look at that. And so I feel like it's important enough that I go and I write those in my scriptures. In my scriptures, red is the color I use for cross references. So I underline the point that I, I that made me think of something else and I write the cross reference in the in the um on the side. 
in both places. You know, so I'm cross-referencing, obviously. If they cross-reference, there's two different places. So with this one, here's what I thought of. You know, I'm thinking, it'll be faithful, thou shalt be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. And I'm like, okay, I remember Alma and Amulek teaching, and there was some some men, women, and children who were burned at the stake, and all their books were burned with them. And uh, Alma and Amulek were forced to watch it, and they weren't able to stop it. And I remember that Alma had said something to Amulek regarding it, and how he wasn't. they weren't allowed to stop it because they would be blessed for it. So I went and found it. It took me a while. I had to look up a few different things to find it. I had to finally look in the, the index of the Book of Mormon or of the triple uh, combination. I found it. I was kind of frustrated that I couldn't find it exactly uh, without that. But uh, again, we've been given the index, so I use it. Um, so in verse uh, 8 of Alma 14, uh, it says, They brought their wives and children together, and whosoever believed or had been taught to believe in the words of God, and they caused that they should be cast into the fire. And they also brought forth their records and cast them into the fire as well also. And then you have uh, Alma and Amulek brought to watch them. And it says, When Amulek saw this, he said, he said unto Alma, How can we witness this awful scene? Let us stretch forth our hands and exercise the power of God which is in us and save them from the flames. Which is a natural thing to think. Amulek's like, look, we've got the power of God. We're priesthood holders. We've been blessed to do amazing things. Let's just stop this. This is unbelievable. I mean, can you imagine watching something, knowing that you probably could stop it? You could ask God to help you and maybe be able to stop it. How could you not? How would you not? And then it says, but Alma said unto him, the spirit constraineth me that I must not stretch forth mine hand. For the for behold, the Lord receiveth them up unto himself in glory. And he doth suffer that many may do this thing, or that the people may do this thing unto them, according to the hardness of their hearts, that the judgments which he shall exercise upon them in his wrath may be just. And the blood of the innocent shall stand as a witness against them, yea, and cry mightily against them at the last day. So you can see why I, I thought of that one, because, you know, he says that he receives them up unto himself in glory. And then John, or yeah, John says in Revelation, be thou faithful, the Lord through John says, be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. And so, you know, those are just some of the things, I mean, there were so many things I wrote down. I, I feel like two pages of notes just from, from that far, just all the way through to second or uh, chapter two, verse 11, all the way that through that. I mean, I haven't finished chapter two yet. Um, and there's more that I'll, that I'll have, but you know, the biggest things for me, <laughs> excuse me. Oh man. I apologize that I did that, but I don't have any way to mute myself. No, the way I'm recording this. And the biggest things for me was <clears throat> when I approached, <clears throat> when I approached my, my study from the standpoint of, not being freaked out, not being psyched out um, about it being revelation. I learned more when I when I, I when I applied those things that, that we talked about in episode one twenty five, which you can get at everydayconversion.com forward slash one two five. Also, a Facebook live that I did that kind of went over some of the same things is linked there as well. So watch that. Um, when I did those things, it was amazing how much I learned and how the Spirit taught me. The way that we approach the scriptures and what we expect to get out of them and how hard we expect it to be or how much we expect that we will be able to learn influences, well, what we're able to learn. So make sure that you do that. And then, you know, just using the footnotes, my goodness, you know, using the tools that we have, the study tools that we have, it's unbelievable the amount 
of study tools that we've been given. I mean, shoot, in the Bible alone, I mean, what is this? Let's see. Oh, it starts over at one, so that'll make it easy. So if we start at one and we go all the way to the end here of the Joseph Smith translation, just in those, there is 800 pages of reference material, not counting the index in the in the uh, in the triple, which is let's see, it starts over two. So if we go back here, and not counting the maps, there is another. Hold on, something to it. There's another 400 pages. So that's in our scriptures. There is 1,200 pages of referencing, of information, of of things to help our study. 1,200 pages. I mean, shoot, the Bible. Our Bible is 1,500, 1,590 1, pages. So there's almost as many pages of reference material in the scriptures as there is pages in the Bible. And oh, by the way, a good quarter of each of those pages in the Bible is the reference materials. You know, I'm not even counting those. I'm just counting the stuff at the end. So make sure you're using those. I mean, oh my goodness, it's amazing what there is. So uh, I'll be back. I'll share some more tomorrow. Do some more studying. Share some more from Revelation. I didn't mean to dig in so much to the reference material stuff, but it was really impressed upon me. I was, it was like, man, this is so much easier when we use what we've been given to understand the scriptures. To well, understand the scriptures. So uh, you can get everything we talked about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash one two six, and we will be back with another episode next time. So have a great day. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.